I think this is the most beautiful sight I've seen in a long, long time. For the last eight days, I've been waiting for this time. I wish we could have somehow found a way on, on last Sunday, found our way here to be together in God's presence. But it would have taken more boats than we collectively own, I'm sure. And uh, most of us were quite busy last Sunday. Uh, it's so good to see you. Two weeks ago, I was on this stage, and I, I introduced a series called Derailed. And in my uh, prescient wisdom, I gave a list of things that might derail our lives. But I overlooked hurricanes in my list. <laughs> and it might have helped you, I realize now, if I had also included on the list four feet of rain and talked about how that might derail us, it might have been a great help to you. We could have bought sandbags and we could have been better prepped, but I had no idea this, this was coming. I didn't foresee this and probably you didn't foresee it either. But I was reminded probably two days into the storm, three days into the storm, that God, of course, has always known. He always knows what tomorrow will bring. There's a, a sweet lady in Washington State that watches our, our services every single week. And probably the second or third day of the storm, she sent a message and said, I'm, I'm blown away how, the God, how God prepared the harbor for this storm. And she said, looking back, because she watches all this, she said, looking back, it, God gave the church this series finding faith in trying times in the book of Habakkuk. And he said God was prepping the harbor for the time that's here. And, and indeed he was. Indeed God knew what would come. And indeed he was preparing us for this. The, you, know, you know the devastation has been substantial. The damage, the loss has been huge. There are many of you in this room, I know that, that you're on the list. You're on the list of ones who have had great physical loss. And you're in this room. I know that, that all of us, uh, have have felt heartbreak and sadness and sorrow for all that's been lost among our this little community here I, I don't know of a single life lost in this little community but in the bigger community of the storm's path there have been many lives lost and and i know that you like i have had um, had heartbreak in prayers for all that's been lost but in the midst of it there's been this outpouring of the love of Christ beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I know it began from the very first night of the storm, and it began by, by uh, certainly harbor people, but people far beyond the harbor reaching out, meeting needs. In those first two or three days, we couldn't even get back to the office, and we, we had no communication uh, means at all for two or three days, but the harbor was already out there uh, touching lives and, and helping people. And then by about Tuesday or Wednesday, things really ramped up. There's a leadership team here that, that I just applaud. That there, have, there have been waves of you going out to, uh, to meet needs of, of all types. And some of the most difficult needs, just waves of you going out. And it's been so inspiring seeing the love of Christ poured out through you. One man who, uh, uh, he's no spring chicken. <laughs> he's not as old as I am. He's no spring chicken. He's, he's going out on some of the the cleanup teams and he was out one day and they had worked all morning he sent me a, a message at their lunch break and and this is part of what he said he said and he's a guy with a big heart and deep empathy if you bleed he bleeds if you're hungry he's hungry and so he sends me this note and he says i'm overcome with emotion but not sadness but elation my team is awesome efficient and filled with some really cool young people who are working circles around old crusty which was him <laughs> Our team leader and I have become fast friends over a wrecking bar. And then he said, it is indescribable to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I've seen that over and over of you as you've poured out and gone without sleep and, and gone to utter exhaustion 
I've seen this, this sense of joy and purpose of taking the love of Jesus. Very profound, very stirring, very, very inspiring. There's a place where Jesus spoke and taught about the very circumstance that we're in. When the rains were coming on Saturday night without end, I, I remember Jesus saying someplace, he mentioned about the rain coming in torrents and the floodwaters rising and the winds pounding upon the house. And I think in that moment I knew that's what he wanted to teach us in this season. And so I'm going to go to that, that passage, and it's at the very tail end of the, the most famous teaching of Jesus, at the very tail end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, that he, that he ends with these words. And if you would, you would hear it thinking, he, he knew, he knew we'd be sitting here. And he knew these would be the words we would need to, to take from here and, and be deeply encouraged by and go from here. So this is Matthew 7, 24 to 29. Matthew 7, 24 to 29. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand... When the rains come and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. He says, when, when the rains come, uh, you, I, you may be in such recovery mode that you may have the sense of when we can finally get things that are wet, torn out, when we can finally rebuild things, finally put things back, and, and, and the only span of time you can conceive of understandably at this time maybe we'll just get it all put back together again we'll restore it and we'll rebuild it and finally we can take a deep breath and there's a measure of that that's so very true but jesus is saying when the rains come and i think he wants us just to pause for a moment or we'll we'll lose the the big gain of this is the truth is that and you know this there will be another hurricane we will rebuild from this one. We will. We will rebuild from this one, but there will be another hurricane. There will be another storm. There, there will be another economic downturn. There will come a day where there's failing health. There, there will come a day when, when death knocks at my door and your door. And this Jesus is saying, he's saying to us, when the rains come, not if... But when they come, and for us to pause on this Sunday morning and say, we, we will rebuild. But we recognize that we're not home free and carefree from now on to eternity. We realize that, that there will come another storm. There may be someone that would tell you in this time that, that uh, you can do something to avoid all future storms. If you just have enough faith, uh, no storm will ever touch your life. If you have a certain set of behaviors, then you'll be spared all struggles and difficulties like we've been through. Uh, if you uh, give enough to the poor, then you won't. Don't drink their Kool-Aid. <laughs> Jesus said to those that follow him with abandon, he said, you will have troubles. You will have storms. And so he's saying to us, while rebuilding from Hurricane Harvey is very, very important. It's a, it's a huge issue He's saying, remember, rebuilding isn't the only issue. In fact, it's not even the most important issue. He says, 
when the rain comes, and then he speaks about the winds blowing against a house and talks about a house either enduring or collapsing. And it's important to realize he's not talking about a physical structure. He's not talking about a shelter. When he says house, he's, re- he's referring to your life and my life. When he talks about a house either collapsing or enduring, he's talking about your life and mine. He's talking about your soul and your heart and your spirit. This is about something so much more valuable than just a structure. As, in, as important as a structure is, and how we've been reminded of that lately, but something so much more important than that. He's talking about your life and my life. And, and then he says there's, when the storms come, and they will, there are only two outcomes that will be there. One is either you will be destroyed by the storms, and maybe not the first or the second, but at some point, at least by the final storm of the knock of death, he says one outcome will be you'll just be destroyed. That's one outcome. But the other outcome, he says, you will be instruct, uh, indestructible to all storms. See, there is a way to live this life out where whatever comes your way, you will be indestructible. There is nothing that will ever destroy you. And this is really, really good news, friends. This is really good news. And it's important to understand what the determining factors are not when he teaches about this. He doesn't say, uh, you know, when the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat upon the house, if you have a great comprehensive insurance plan, <laughs> you're set, you know, you're indestructible. Now we'll say this, a great comprehensive insurance policy is a great idea. It's a great vehicle, a great tool, but Jesus doesn't say that will make you indestructible to every storm. When the knock of death comes, <laughs> I hope it's a life insurance policy at that point. <laughs> He doesn't say insurance policy. He doesn't say that your salvation will be great government assistance. Now, if you have access to government assistance, be thankful for that. Thank God. And take full, take full uh, use of that. But he doesn't say that's the answer. That's what will save you and protect you. He, and this is important. He doesn't even say it will be close friends who will sacrificially help. As priceless as that is, as invaluable as that is, he doesn't say, this is what will make you indestructible. You just have, have friends that will pour out their lives and help carry you through it. What he says is this. He says, the, the foolish person, the one whose life will be destroyed by the storms, is one who listens to Jesus' words but fails to follow them, one who hears Jesus' words but fails to obey. He's saying one who, who listens, doesn't follow, hears, doesn't obey. He says the outcome of the destruction, the life is lost. Be crushed by the storms. The, the contrast to that is the wise one, he says, is one who listens to his words and follows, one who hears his words and obeys. And this is really important about the terms he's using. He's describing biblical faith in him. Biblical faith in Jesus is to surrender leadership with the mindset that you, you and I long to hear his voice and follow his voice. You and I long to hear what he says and long to obey it. That's biblical faith. What he's saying in essence here is, is if you've placed your faith in him, if you've surrendered leadership to him, you will endure. You will be indestructible to every storm that will come. But he's saying if you don't, it doesn't matter what else you have in place doesn't matter how strong your human spirit is, how good your insurance policy is, how many great friends you have. He says, if you don't place faith in him, if you don't surrender leadership to him, he says, you, you got to know. 
The outcome is the storm wins. At least by the end, the storm wins. It's this, it's this biblical faith. And so to be clear, I hope, to be clear about this, he's saying you have to, if you surrender to my leadership, I will be your rescuer from every storm. I was watching some of the uh, helicopter rescue videos they were on. They were, they were phenomenal rescues. You probably saw some of them as well off of the top of vehicles and off of housing roofs and so forth. And as, as I watched them, there's one in particular that I watched that the, the, um, there's this basket. You saw some of these. In many cases, there's this basket that they use. It can't be any deeper than that. This basket's being lowered down from this helicopter in the winds, and the basket is spinning and blowing all over the place. And there's this person down there that's about to you know, be swept up by the water, and, and I watched this person get in this basket, and they strap themselves in. But I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm afraid of heights. And I'm thinking, if I were that person, and there's this little basket about this big, there's this helicopter, and the thing has been swinging and swaying, I would have I been looking for a boat. I would have been scanning the horizon more than once and saying, is there a boat out there? I w- really would prefer a boat. Somebody out there, bring me a boat. I don't like heights. This is risky business. But I would have been in the position, like many of them were, there were no boats. And there were these talented, gifted, competent helicopter people. <laughs> and they were saying, we're here to rescue you. There's the basket. But you got to get in the basket. You have to trust us. It's here for you. We will save you. But if you don't trust us, there's nothing we can do. No boat's coming. The water's rising. I, my engineering background, I, I would have been calculating the inches of rise. <laughs> you know, you know, can you hold on for a little bit longer? We've got 15 minutes before I'm drowned. Maybe a boat is so up. I would have been doing that. But, but it, it came down to these people, and I think, I hope, I would have gotten in the basket. Probably died of a heart attack on the way up, but I would have gotten in the basket then. I would have got, it, it's, it was the only rescue some people had, and they took it. They placed their faith in the rescuers. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, I, I will rescue you from every storm, even the storm of death. Above all the storm, I will rescue you from every storm. You will become indestructible, but you have to trust me. And trust means surrendering leadership to me. When you listen, you'll follow. At least you, you desire to, although in your brokenness, in your brokenness, you won't do it fully. And, but, but that's your heart's desire when you'll listen and follow. You will hear me and you'll obey. And maybe to make this even more tangible, he's doing this at the end of three chapters of intense teaching, chapters 5 through 7. A couple of things in there that I was reflecting back through my life of, of trusting Jesus. There's a place where he talks about you must love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And this is the way faith plays out. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And, and I, I read that the first few times, and I thought, how do you do that? I, I even thought, how do you want to do that? And I realized it's not a matter of do I want to, but do I, do I want to follow Jesus? And the way it works is I would, many times I had to say, I don't think I can do that unless you help me. Okay, help me, help me pray a prayer. Help it be authentic. Help me love them. Help, me sh- help show me how to love them. That, that's how this plays out, listening and following, hearing and obeying. It's a place, he says, don't do your good deeds for the praise of people. 
And my whole first 30 years of my life was for the applause of people. And so it wasn't this instant switch. I could say, okay, got that one done. It was just going to him again and again. I, I would recognize in the day I was doing something for the applause of people, and I would say, save me from that. Let me do things for your applause. That's, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And so if you are one who has or who will place your trust in Jesus, then when your house is destroyed, you won't be. And when the job unravels, you won't unravel. And when disease comes and your body dies, you won't die. You are indestructible from storms. This is a stunning promise. It's real. It's real. Morgan and Lisa Hill, I've known for some time now, uh, have in fact had some footage about the recent days of their life. Uh, Morgan uh, began trusting Jesus in 2014, three years ago here at the harbor. And Lisa did in 2008 here at the harbor as well. They, they came to a point of saying, I surrender leadership to you. Help me follow. Help me listen and follow. Help me hear and obey. And, and now they're going through the thick of the storm and their loss has been a devastating loss. And I got most of this third hand, maybe all of it third hand. But these are just some of the authentic comments that they've made while all of this has been happening in their lives, Morgan, to one person, uh, sent this note, our faith has not wavered for a moment through this difficult and emotional week. It hasn't wavered. Any losses we have suffered have been far outweighed by the love and support we've felt and seen. I have only tears of joy this week in seeing God work. (laughs) With that going on. And then he says, as is always the most traumatic times of my life, turn out to be the greatest and most inspiring moments God is speaking loud and clear. Their loss has been huge. Indestructible. Indestructible. Lisa would would say this. Again, this is different pieces of things that she said to other people. She said to one person, so thankful so many people are okay. You see God's hand taking care of us from people working together to being hungry and a meal appears in front of us. Amazing. All the details taken care of. And then she says, listen to this. Can't believe this happened, but privileged to be in it. Can you say indestructible? Praying that this event would force people to do some deep soul searching. They would bring many to Christ. That's your heartbeat, is it? Out of this storm, many people would come to Christ and say, I surrender to you. I give you leadership. I'll get in the basket. I'll take the risk. There's no boat, There's no boat coming. Hey, there's no boat coming. I'll take the risk. I'll get in the basket. I'll place my faith in you. And, and many, many, many more. I would encourage you on our Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, Uh, Near the very top, uh, uh, Jason Halter tells their current story, and they've had much loss and destruction. It's been up a a day or two, and 7,000 people have already viewed it. But I would encourage you, when service is done, get on our Facebook page. Watch what Jason says. It's another story. Of of all this, what should be devastation, but but they are not devastated. (laughs) It's not that they in the hills aren't, aren't feeling the emotion, and they don't recognize the reality of the loss, and they aren't weary, and they wish it didn't happen. 
It's not that they don't have all those human emotions, but, but they are, they're living above that, above and all, above all of that with this faith in Jesus. Many, many more. This is real. When Jesus said, if you listen to my voice and follow, if you hear and obey, when the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat upon the house, upon your life, upon mine, you will endure. It will not destroy you. This is the role that the harbor plays in all this in the Bay Area. People have unimaginable physical needs of food and shelter and transportation. And meeting those needs is very important. To have homes cleaned out and have them rebuilt and restored. To have transportation either restored or replaced. To have, have food in the cupboard and food in refrigerators, again, very, very important. Around here, we use a shortcut for all these physical needs around here at the harbor. We have for a long, long time. And our, our analogy is, well, when, when a person's hungry, they need a loaf of bread. Yes, pray for them, that's, but they need a loaf of bread. <laughs> and, but that's bread, we say, with a small case B. That's bread with a little B. They need that. It's very, very important. But we understand their greatest needs are spiritual needs. And we, we know that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And we say that bread is bread with an uppercase B with a capital B on that. And what we've said around here is people need the big B and the little B. They need both around here. They need, they need Christ above all. But they need their physical needs met as well. The physical needs, anyone can meet those. Anyone can meet those. The, the government can meet those, and corporations can meet those, and the Red Cross can meet those, and any individual can meet those, and, and thank God as they do. But only the church can provide the big B and the little B both. Only the church can bring the loaf of bread, but bring the bread of life as well. And so what's been happening for the last eight days and what's going to continue happening until this is all done is that as the harbor, we'll be trying to meet all of the physical needs we can. But every time we take the little b, our intent is to take Jesus as well and make sure someone understands it's out of the love of Jesus for them that that loaf of bread showed up, that that team showed up, that 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 money showed up to help them. It's out of the love of Jesus. We We are not the answer to people's greatest need. Jesus is. You are not alone in the storm. You're not alone in the storm. Do a little quick check. Have you authentically surrendered leadership to Jesus? Are are you one of the ones in his grouping that he would say, yeah, yeah, your heart is, you listen, your heart is to follow. You hear your heart is to want to obey. You don't do it perfectly, that's your heart. You've truly surrendered leadership to him. You've gotten in the basket. You've trusted, you've trusted him. If not, then that's why he has you here. He knew the storm was coming. He knew you'd be here. He knew you needed to hear that there's no other, there's not a boat coming. <laughs> but there'll be more storms. But he has said, if you'll trust me, 
If you'll trust me, then, then I will rescue you from every storm that comes, including the final storm. I will rescue you. You could, even as I'm speaking or with the songs that come, you could whisper an authentic prayer to him and say, I, I'm surrendering leadership to you, Jesus. I don't understand how it's all going to work, but here's my heart's desire. I will follow you. My heart's desire is, as you lead, I will follow. And in the moment of that whispered prayer, he says to you, whatever storm comes, I'm going to rescue you. Whatever storm comes, you will be indestructible to that storm. If you're one who has come having uh, uh, faith for some long time now, this is such a time to thank you, to thank him for um, his promises through the storms. The storms still are difficult, but a time to thank him for his promises through the storm. You're not alone. God, God above all intends to be your rescuer through every storm. You're not alone but because there's a, there's a church called the harbor that in many cases they've, they've been at your house. We've been at your house. And many of you in the days and weeks ahead will be at your house. There's a harbor here to walk with you through all this. There, there's the church at large. We've had uh, churches from stretching almost the continent that have reached out asking how they can help us. There's this church at large. There's this church at large. You, you are not alone walking through the aftermath of this storm. It seems the right way to end this is, is to have some time of worship. Mark and Sarah this week have been writing a song called Midst of the Storm. I heard it for the first time yesterday, and it's a stunningly beautiful, powerful song. And I, after I pray, uh, you'll get to hear it for the first time as well. And I would invite you just to simply soak in, in what God has given them for us at the harbor for such a time as this. Father in heaven, um, we are so grateful that you've given us this promise about storms and this promise about how they will affect us and how they won't affect us. We're so grateful for your son Jesus who has offered to everyone on this planet a means of surviving the storms and thriving beyond the storms, a means of rescue. We thank you for that. Thank you for all the ones in this room who've been living out this life of faith and this, this rescued life. Thank you for the ones, Father, you brought here today that had not come today trusting Jesus but can leave trusting him and can leave with this reality. Rescue is theirs of whatever comes whatever comes Jesus rescue is already promised in everything that would come then in the time ahead your great goodness father the great goodness of your son Jesus we want to to think and reflect upon where we've been what we've been through where our hearts have been we want to worship you father we want to worship you 